On this episode of the Competing for Christ podcast, Jason Lupo joins the show to talk about discipling the younger generations through sport. Jason is the founder of Full Armor Faith in Colorado and has his own radio show called Faith, Family, and Fitness. You'll hear more about what Jason does throughout our conversation today, but first of all, I just want to emphasize how the topic we're talking about today is is so relevant, not just for parents or coaches, but for athletes and players too, no matter, no matter the level you're at. The next generation of athletes always looks to the ones that came before them. So as athletes, it's imperative that you show them how to act, how to play, and how to carry themselves as Christian athletes. So think about that throughout the conversation today, and remember that it's our job to essentially leave sports better than we found it for the next generation of athletes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and today we have on Jason Lupo. Jason, thank you for coming on today, sir. How are you doing? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. We're... uh... I'm super excited to be on here and, and talk with you. So thanks for having us. Yeah, me too. I, I'm really excited um, for all listeners out there. Kind of a funny and kind of a cool story about our, how our paths crossed. Uh, so I wanted to share that before we get started. Jason, you invited me on your radio show called Faith Family Fitness based out of Colorado Springs. And I think I just wanted to have you on today because I like the conversation conversation so much. So thank you again for inviting me on. That was a, it was a lot of fun. I, that was the first time I ever been on the radio show on the radio, I should say. Yeah, it was fun having you. It was a great uh, great conversation. I wish we had more time, but we're so set in stone on radio as to like how right. long can we go, <laughs> and everything has to be exact. And so it, it does kind of cut the conversation short. So I'm glad we get to kind of continue a conversation here. Yes, definitely. I think it's going to be a great conversation today with the subject matter we're talking about. But I did want to start off by asking you how that radio show even started and what inspired you to do so, obviously under the umbrella of Full Armor Sports that you founded. So we run youth sports programs in Colorado Springs. Um, we have everything, I mean, you can imagine. And we're one of the few organizations in the country that really does what we do. Um, but God's given me a heart in, in politics and in um, trying to touch the community in different ways. And with the expertise and the background I have and the connections that I have, um, we're really just trying to get information out to families. And we want to talk about the hard stuff. We want to we want to reframe some of the conversations and the discussions that are having on the, you know, the talking head sports shows and politics shows, you know, and get down to the nitty gritty as to how it affects the families of the programs that that they're in, how it affects uh, the families in our in our community and their kids and their schools and their education. And so the show is super unique because there's no telling what we're going to do on any given day. Uh, We could be talking about politics. We could be talking about sport. We did, a, you know, an episode on nutrition. We did an episode on concussions. We've done episodes on, you know, just about everything you can imagine. I'm recording this week's show today. We have uh, one of our legislators on talking about some really critical, crucial bills that are going through our state house right now. And so if it affects our family, our kids, our athletes, we have it on the show so that we can bring a different viewpoint 
and touch as many people as we can uh, with that critical information. Yeah, that's the one thing I've noticed after listening to a few episodes. There's really practical advice and there's really a lot of relevant and specific topics and present topics that go on today, like some of the things you just mentioned, participation trophies, concussions, uh, even youth weightlifting, which was a cool one to listen to. But these all are things that kind of athletes and I mean, I guess anybody in this world wrestle with. What's one thing that you think every athlete should should know about today's sports? Oh, the, the world is changing. And as a Christian athlete, um, you know, I, I had this conversation. This was the topic of two weeks ago's show. Uh, our athletes that are coming up are going to be faced with decisions as Christians that athletes in the previous generations, uh, recent generations, have not had to contest with. Um, you know, we talked about Ivan Proporov and, and the Philadelphia Flyers story uh, where he basically skipped warm-up because he refused to uh, skate on the ice with a rainbow-colored jersey and a rainbow tape stick. Um, that's a situation that our athletes 10 years ago didn't have to face. And so we need to prepare our athletes. Our athletes need to be prepared. They need to be strong in their faith so that they can make those decisions whether or not that's something that they're going to do because it's coming to a neighborhood near us. It's going to be presented in our high schools. It's going to be presented in our colleges. And it's going to continue to happen in the professional sports arena. And so athletes of all ages, they're going to have to face these situations where they have to make the tough decision uh, whether or not they're going to compromise their faith. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, it, it is, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of controversial topics, uh, that are definitely involved in sports today. How, how have you seen God play a role in that and like God work in people's lives? And you mentioned the hockey player, but there's a lot of specific examples of Christians in sports today that, kind of refuse to, t- to go along with the crowd. And, you know, that's what Romans 12 says is don't be conformed to this world. How have you seen God play a role in that in the athletes and the coaches that you maybe have seen or involved with? We live in such an interesting time because two weeks before the Ivan story was DeMar Hamlin going down on Monday night football and we saw prayer on live you know. TV. We had, you know, talk show hosts praying on live national television. And, and then two weeks later, all of a sudden, Christianity isn't okay anymore. And, and it comes down to a situation, mm. and, and I fight within our sports, right? We're, we're involved uh, to a large extent um, in our sports in, in regards to some of the political stuff and some of the stuff that we're talking about right now. But we want to model for our kids that, you know, we're willing to fight for them. But at the same time, we have this demasculinization happening in our country. And so in order to prepare our kids to be able to make those decisions, we have to bring back biblical masculinity in a huge sense as well. So, so there's, a, there's an interesting uh, dynamic going on because we're constrained by what the law is. And, and oftentimes I have to decide what hill I'm going to die on right? Is this the situation? Is this the fight I'm going to have? And we've, we've fought, you know, government leaders toe to toe when it came to COVID stuff. Uh, when it comes to a lot of these LGBT issues, all, all this stuff is, it, it's a fight. It's a fight. And, and we have to decide 
how to fight the battle and we have to figure out how to fight and, and still keep love at the forefront, right? Like we're not trying to attack any one particular group. I'm not trying to go out and attack, you know, any particular community. I, I respect everybody's right to their freedom of speech, their freedom of religion, their freedom of choice. This is the United States of America. Go for it. Like, I, I just want the ability and I want my kids and the programs that, that I have to have the ability to have that freedom themselves. And, and that's what we're truly fighting for. And you mentioned love and putting that at the forefront of the arguments that we have or just the disagreements that we have. And I think I heard a sermon the other day and the pastor mentioned that you should never sacrifice a relationship with someone that could have salvation in order to be right. In other terms, you should never try to be in an argument and fight with somebody just because you want to win the argument, I should say. But yeah, that's, that's a, it's a really hard topic and it's a really relevant topic. Uh, and yeah, I think your radio show does a great job in kind of explaining those and kind of laying that out, how Christians should navigate those. But I do want to talk today about how you have been coaching pretty much your entire life. Seemingly I was coaching helped you in spreading the gospel to athletes. You know, it, it's interesting. I, I, I left to start full armor. Uh, gosh, we're going on seven or eight years now. And uh, we left because I wanted to have the freedom to be able to pray with my athletes, to be able to talk about the, the tough subjects, to not be confined by the red tape of, of other organizations. And from day one, people go, well, what does being a Christian swim team look like? And the answer is, I still don't know. <laughs> I still don't have the answer. And, and what is what does discipleship look like in this role? I still don't know. It's different every day. You know, I mean, I've had the gamut. If you think of a conversation that I've had with an athlete, I've probably had it. Mm. I mean, and it's everything from, you know, kids coming out to me at, you know, at Leadville retreat to I've got, you know, the 2 a.m. phone call of a kid calling me because he's concerned another kid is going to hurt themselves. Like every conversation imaginable I've had with athletes. So what does discipleship look like in, in this role? It changes drastically on a day-to-day basis. And, and we're also, we also have to try to navigate the fact that like we have a lot of kids that are involved in our youth group and, you know, that are raised in Christian households. And so it's a, it's a team partnership and event of going, okay, well, You've got multiple people and parental role models in play with these kids. And that's not the same for every kid. Some kids, we spend more time with some of our kids than any other adult influence in their life. And so we have an increased opportunity there in a lot of respects as well. Um, But we don't necessarily want to overstep, you know, the role of the pastors in their own churches and things like that. So it, there's definitely a balance, but if you imagine the conversations, I've probably had them. Wow. You started when you, you started coaching when you were in high school. How did you know that you wanted to be a coach at that young of an age? You know, it's interesting. I, I, I love the sports science aspect. I, I love understanding how the body responds to training I love the, the, the science behind the experimenting 
you know, I always call my athletes lab rats <laughs> <laughs> and there's a large extent that's, that's very much true. I just, I try whimsical things sometimes and you go, Hey, I wonder if this sticks and I wonder if this works all within reason to me, probably not to the general public. They're like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's just what happens. You, you, you got to push the bounds a little bit of like, you know, we got to try something new. We got to test it out. So that's what drew me to coaching truly. And, and I thought I wanted to be on the uh, sport management side of things. Um, and then I thought I wanted to work in elite athletics. And then ultimately, I just found my calling working with kids and youth. And so that's where I am today. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I wanted to talk to you further today. I wanted to focus on discipling the younger generations through sport. And I think that can be kind of a twofold thing because obviously coaches do that. But I think even when you're playing, you can do that because, you know, as you're in high school or going on in college, a professional kids that that are coming after you, they look at you, they look at, they look up to you. And I, I think whether you know it or not, you have an influence on those people, on those kids' lives. So when you think about discipling in sport, you think about Paul's relationship with Barnabas and Timothy, do you feel like you have that kind of relationship with the athletes that you mentor mentor and lead and coach? Every relationship is 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 different. You know, I, I've got two hundred and twenty kids spread apart our programs. I have kids that I see on a daily basis. I have kids that I see once a week. You know, what is the difference in discipleship? What's the difference in the relationship that I have? I mean, I have relationship with plenty of athletes i can take them to lunch and have a three-hour conversation with them and then i've got athletes that i see once a week for an hour and they they cross through the gym but they're involved in another program and i really don't have the amount of contact that i have with them um so it's completely different right every relationship is different and and it's truly on God and the Holy Spirit to kind of shape and and direct that relationship. You know, some kids flock to me and some kids flock to my other coaches. And, you know, you can't, you can't force a relationship. It's the same with, you know, I've been involved in, in, you know, youth group roles for years. It's the same there. You know, you have multiple youth group leaders because kids are going to flock to who they feel comfortable having a conversation with. So, you know, I'm pretty sure there was more than one disciple for a reason. So, you know, people are going to relate to one more than the other. You know, I, I would have flocked to Paul cause he wants to talk about sports all the time and you know, good sports. Yeah. <laughs> so, but there's people that don't love sports. They're probably not going to want to hang out with me. Like that's going to be a huge topic of conversation if you're sitting across the table for me, either that or politics. So pick or choose one. If you don't like either, you're going to another disciple. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Do you, do you ever mention to like the older athletes that you coach, like the younger, the younger kids look up to you. Do you ever have that interaction? Yeah. I, I've said for probably like, I don't know, 10 plus years, sports, a platform, right? How you choose to use it. That's what, that's what you have to figure out as an athlete. And it doesn't matter what level you're at. We have five-year-olds practicing in the same pool as 18-year-olds. So 
the five-year-olds are looking up to the 18-year-olds for sure, 100%. And so we do have that conversation with our older kids as to what that looks like. We try to create roles where our older kids can serve the younger kids. Um, but we see sport as a platform, period, end of story. I mean, you look at what happened in the World Cup. You look at what happened, Ivan, the DeMar Hamlin story, like all of that stuff. Sport is a platform. How you choose to use it is up to you. And so that is something that we try to instill in our athletes, understanding that they now have a voice as an athlete that they might not have had to the same extent had they not been involved in competitive sports. So if you're an athlete, you, I mean, for me personally, at some point I wanted to be a coach and I know for every athlete that's probably out there, they want to be a coach at some point in their lives, whether that's coaching their kids or coaching right now. How can athletes prepare themselves now while they're still playing for their coaching days? Understand and be a sponge. Soak it in. You know, understand why you do what you do. Understand the, the science behind it. I, I try to share it. And there's some kids that, that latch on and they want to know more and more and more. And we have several of our kids that I know listen to our show and we talk a lot about sports science on our show. But soak it in. Soak it in. Understand bounce ideas. I mean, I've I've had athletes that go, Hey, what if we do this? Sure. Let's try it. You know, if athletes truly want to coach, if that's something that they see in their future, um, that's what they got to do. I mean, they got to soak it in. They got to soak in everything that they can, you know, work to try to work with your coach to, to come up with new ideas, to innovate, to, you know, change something and be in tune and understand what it is that you're doing as an athlete. Yeah. What, why do you think you're so experimental when you coach? And like how, because you mentioned sports science, you love sports science. How, why do you think you're like that? I don't want to be bored. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I, I coached, uh, I coached paracycling for a little while and uh, I, I had an athlete and we were at a camp down at the uh, velodrome at the Olympic training center here in Colorado Springs. And I was a brand new, like super young guy, super young coach. And we were trying some crazy stuff. And so I'm standing on the corner and I, I got to remember the story perfect. Cause I don't think I'm gonna remember the story perfect. But I said, one of, one of a friend of mine actually walks up to me and goes, what are you doing with your athletes today? And I think I said, Oh, we're doing five laps. And he goes five laps. Why not six? Typically you just do six. And I go, well, I said, it's really simple. I said, sevens, you know, six is too much and four is too little. So we're doing five, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the same thing came with swimming. I walked on the pool deck one time, brand new, you know, hadn't coached a lot. And I said, Hey, we're doing 37 and a half yard sprints. And one of the coaches was like, what? And I said, 37 and a half yard sprints. I said, flip and come back to halfway. And really simple. Well, why aren't you just doing fifties? No, 50 is too much and 25 is too little. I don't know what to tell you. I want 37 and a half. <laughs> And there's scientific reasons for it and stuff, but you know, it, it's, it's stuff like that where it's, I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. You know, maybe I'm a little bit of a rebel in that way, but I, I, there's tried and true stuff and that's always the foundation and the base. But you know, you look at some of the remarkable stuff that's happened in a variety of different sports and, and it comes from innovators. Mm. It comes from people that are going to think outside of the box that are going to try stuff, you know? I mean, even if you look at the end of Michael Phelps' career, they were still trying stuff, you know? They were still mixing up technique. They were still switching things up. 
uh, you look at the best athletes in the world, they're not stagnant. They're trying something different. That's how we keep getting the world records to fall and fall and fall. You think you took that uh, mentality mentality to the radio? Maybe. Maybe. I think I took <laughs> a, a different mentality to the radio altogether, which was like, we're, we're just going to do this. And if somebody has a problem with it, I'm willing to fight you someplace else. You know, it's yeah. you talked a lot about not wanting to, you know, it, when it comes to politics and it comes to some of these social issues, it's about fighting the right people, right? I'm not going to walk into, you know, the coffee shop and sit down next to somebody and start a political argument. What good does it do any of us? Y you have no ability to change anything. You're not a lawmaker. We didn't elect you. You know, I'm just arguing for mm. the sake of arguing at that point. So we're not going to do that. I don't have the bandwidth for it or this, you know. My stress is high enough on a on most occasions, so we're we're not going to have an argument with random people. <laughs> we're going to take it where it matters. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I can definitely tell on the radio show, like it's a very unconventional, untraditional style of radio, and it's a good thing too because it engages listeners. But speaking of coaching, uh, going on onto that subject, your professional philosophy, according to your website, is to get to the heart of empowering positive youth development requires that performance become an outcome not of training philosophy, but rather an outcome of intense desire in your in our youth to succeed fostered by a coach, but by the environment that we as coaches provide scaffold. Why this philosophy? Well, let me first say that I screwed this up 1,000% this year with my athletes. <laughs> uh, there's been some, some serious soul-seeking this season, because I totally did not follow this philosophy for the first time in my entire coaching career where I put performance ahead of it. And uh, it strengthens my it, it, that statement so much more that, hey, I just failed at that miserably and it did not work out well. Um, but for years, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to why I made such a strong statement. Uh, for years, I've always said that if you do everything right, the scores come the scoreboard will reflect that and i largely think it's true you know i mean 95 percent of it that's 100 percent true you know there's there's a couple outliers there's a couple things obviously right there's always outliers but if, if you focus on building a strong team culture where kids want to be there and they want to push each other and they want to train hard you don't have to worry about the results right the results speak for themselves if you put the results first like I did this last season. If any of my athletes are listening, I apologize again. But if you put performance first and you're you're so driven on performance and then you as a coach become a lunatic and are yelling and screaming and you just ruin the relationships that you've built with your athletes because it becomes this like dictator role, uh, that does not work well for performance. And actually, we still had a decent season, but it's still in the long run is not going to work well for performance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I, it's good that you, you know, you admit the failure. I mean, not failure, but the um, misrepresentation. But how do you think you're going to learn from that and move on for the future? You know, if you come back to me in another year, I'll have a much more well-developed answer because I'm still working through it. <laughs> um, but I think it came back to doing things in terms of the way that I work with my athletes going back to what I was doing 
um, a, a handful of years ago where it's all about relationship building. It's about reminding kids that they're competing for each other and for Christ um, and that they're not competing for their own glory. I, I think that's a lot of it. Um, a, a lot of it is, mm. yeah. once again, trying to convince kids with science that, hey, I need you to get near to the point where you're going to throw up and pass out because science says that's the best way to create a good athlete and I can't push you to do that. <laughs> only you can, uh, <laughs> you know, unconventional, right? But hey, this is why you need to do this. This is good for you. I know it hurts. Um, that That's a large component of it. And that's what I did for years was like, hey, I know this is going to really suck, but you got to do it. That, that, that's a good, that's a sign of a good coach too, is when you know, you, you have those priorities in line. And even though you still push your athletes, you understand it's for the right purpose and it's for competing for each other, competing for Christ, competing for the team. But Jason, thank you so much for coming on today. I did have one more question for you uh, as we start to wrap up. How have you seen discipleship through sports break down walls or limits that many others in this world can't do? Well, I, I think it's really simple, and I don't think sports is any any different than any hobby in a lot of respects, and in some respects it's way different, right? But when you have commonality, when you have a shared interest, when you have a shared passion, um, you have the ability to enter into a conversation. I, I'm a cigar smoker. I smoke a lot of cigars. Um, don't judge me for it. Like I'm involved in Christian cigar groups. Like there's a group called Holy Smokes. Go look at it. If you, oh if you smoke gosh. cigars, pipe tobacco, Holy Smokes. It's across the country. I can go anywhere in the country and basically find somebody to smoke with. But the interesting thing about the cigar community is you can walk into any cigar shop in the country, sit down and have a remarkable conversation with the person in, 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 like right in front of you. Because you start with this foundation of a shared passion and a shared interest. And it's the same thing if I walk in, go Clemson Tigers. If I walk into the Colorado Clemson Club, wherever they're meeting to watch a football game, I can sit down with a ton of strangers that I've never met before in my entire life. And we start the conversation because we have a shared interest. And, and that right there is the gate opening. And it doesn't matter. You might be a party. Like you, might, you might like knitting, right? I'm not a knitter. But you might like knitting. You can go find a meetup and go to a knitting group and you have a start of a conversation. Like it, it's that it's that simple. And sports is just one of those opportunities. I can sit down anywhere and go, hey, man, like Boston Red Sox. I don't know. The one yesterday was some kid was wearing a Houston Rockets hat. And I said, man, tough team to like. <laughs> <laughs> Having a tough year, right? And it just opened up a conversation, like a five-minute conversation based on the fact that he that he was wearing a hat, you know. And so it, it really is that. That is that is the door opening uh, for that ability to, you know, disciple. And it doesn't mean you go right off the bat and like, hey, sit down. Let me tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> that's not the discipleship I'm talking about, but opening those conversations to where, you start building a relationship that eventually leads to those conversations. Um, that's, that's the critical aspect of, I think what sport brings. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so crazy to see how Jesus can work through those things too. I mean, like you said, knitting or 
holy smoke cigars like jesus is in there and he is a part of that 100 percent. and he's yeah, it's just it's awesome to see you know hobbies and sports and whatever that you're involved in can be used to disciple for christ but jason i just want to thank you so much for coming on today i truly i love speaking with you and i think what you're doing in colorado is truly inspiring to me so thank you again hey no problem thanks for having me on as a guest it's been a it's been a pleasure to talk to you and i hope we have many more conversations absolutely absolutely for all the listeners out there please share this episode subscribe to the show and follow us on social media at competing for christ podcast if you don't get anything else from this though just remember this jesus loves you and he's gonna fight for you no matter what talk to you next time